Welcome to UUCSW Reflections, a podcast by the Unitarian Universalist Congregational Society of Westboro, Massachusetts. We're glad you're here. Welcome to UUCSW Reflections. I'm your host, Amanda Hall, here with Reverend Laurel Gray. This is the monthly episode of this podcast where we reflect on recent sermon themes and answer questions from the congregation. If you'd like to submit a question, please email it to podcasts at uucsw.org. Be sure to say which sermon your question is about, if applicable, and don't worry, we won't share the names or identifying information about question askers on this podcast. In this episode, we'll be discussing the sermon celebrating blessings, as well as some current events. Um, you can hear that podcast in that sermon in the podcast feed. Hello, Laurel. Oh, hi. <laughs> so we are there just, any current? <laughs> before we started yeah. chatting, we were talking about how we thought this would be the happy podcast after the intensity of last month's podcast. And then we laughed at ourselves. Yeah. yeah. So this is going to be the last of our Q&A podcast until year. Yep. next year. September. Next church year. Yeah, because we follow an academic calendar, which is very weird, I know, but is a thing. Have we talked about why that is? If we have, I forget. I I feel like I need to look up exactly why my sense is because we're so steeped in academia because of the Harvard Unitarians. Like, Harvard academics is literally where Unitarianism started in America. Okay, yeah, this um, Also, tracks. probably farming and hot churches in the summertime because, like, colonial New England. That would be huh. my guess. I could be wrong. So, because but of we farming. we do love us some academia. Farming and academia have collaborated once again. <laughs> I would lean harder <laughs> towards academia than towards farming. <laughs> yeah. Knowing our history. <laughs> um, I mean, so, yeah. so what I based on my personal abilities and skills, but um, (laughs) (laughs) maybe I should change that. Maybe I should learn how to farm. I bought some new little like mini fern plants yesterday. (laughs) I have a miniature fern garden in my bathroom. Does that count as farming? No, it does not. Is the answer. (laughs) I feel like gardening and farming overlap, but are not the same. No, not the same. Um, I did actually go to a summer camp called the Farm School oh. when I was a tender youth, and it was nice. very fun. Yeah. Honestly, I, I think that a- was like, I want to do that again. That was fun. Let's, yeah, last time yeah. we decided you were going to math camp, and now you're going to farm camp. <laughs> I feel like, okay, I feel like that would what I'm great. saying is I just, I just want to go to camp. <laughs> yeah. I feel like adults need that. Yeah, why isn't there more grown-up camp? Yeah. I mean, I think there probably is, but they're called, like, retreats retreats or workshops or something. Yeah. Like, why do we gotta get all hidey-toidy? Yeah. Camp. Let's just do summer camp. Let's sing around the fire. I love that. (laughs) That's our next calling. We'll start a camp together. (laughs) I know. Like, forget Uh, whatever we're doing now. Well, I'm not doing anything right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm finishing the church year, going out with a bang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so are there any, like, 
updates well we had a spontaneous we had a spontaneous vigil for reproductive rights sunday night yeah because you know are listening to this long in the future yeah it was just officially overturned roe v wade yeah yep um which still hasn't like registered as being real in my brain yeah um and so our church year ended two weeks ago so we don't and we don't have services in the summertime. Sometimes we have lay-led su- services in the summertime. Um, but given the last two years, like, everybody is so burnt out um, yeah. that we're just not going to do that. We're planning on doing some, like, fun, spontaneous, like, who wants to, you know, gather at the farm and have, you know, coffee in the morning. Like, we're planning on doing stuff like that. Um but everybody needs some rest. So we're not doing services during the summer. Um, there is a list on the website and in our um, weekly email that has a lot of bigger churches have budgets to offer um, services all summer long because they can hire extra staff people. Um, and so we put together a list of, of the churches that have the resources to staff their summers that way. Um, so there are places that you can go to church if you want to go on a field trip or log into a, a different congregation. Um, but we just are not doing them sort of in-house this summer um, mm-hmm. because our, our volunteers are real spent. Um, so, you know, the Supreme Court is off the rails um, or on on the specific rails that they are specifically in favor of. Um, and And so we also had General Assembly from Wednesday to Sunday, which is our national conference that happens once a year, which we should definitely talk about, um, Mm -hmm. where we like vote on all our sort of business and like the UUA board members and all this kind of stuff. Um, And so I was attending that virtually. And so simultaneously then, like I get this news and I decided to attend virtually. um, So I, I was supposed to be in Portland, Oregon, for like the last five days, but I was here in Massachusetts. Um, And so I felt like the combination of we're not having church. I am physically here and I'm able to do something. Um, And this like really like so massive. I feel like I can't even understand how significant it is. Thing has happened and it just felt really wrong to not have church. Like, it felt mm-hmm. like malpractice to not have church under those circumstances. Um, and so I, um, Saturday morning, when I was sort of sitting in this, like, it's weird for me to not go to church when something like that. And, like, for mm-hmm. me, going to church is leading church, right? Because I'm a minister. But, like, it just, yeah, I, I couldn't square something like that happening and not giving people the chance to gather. Um so I, you know, in 24 hours put together a whole service, which was felt a little manic and a little like frenetic, but also sometimes that's how things work. Um, and I invited a bunch of the local, both UU congregations and um, congregations of and churches of other denominations. And so the rabbi from the Reform Synagogue in town came and spoke um, as did the, there are two Lutheran pastors in town that are co-pastors. Um, and one of them came and spoke as well. So we had sort of this, like a broad um, sharing of perspectives from different religious traditions. Um, so yeah, 
I think it was really powerful. It also just felt incredibly surreal. Um, mm-hmm. So, and, and like, you know, I, I made this call not knowing, like, are we going to have five people there? Are we going to have 200 people there? Like, I have zero concept of what this is going to result in, but I'm just going to show up and, like, do what I can. Um, yeah. And I think it was, I think it meant a lot to the people who were there. Um, so, and of course we got somewhere in the middle. We probably had like 50 people, which for 24 hours notice is like pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. If even 24 hours notice. So yeah, that happened. Yeah. You asked me if I wanted to do a reading. Oh yeah. Um, in my like, what am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Um, and I said no, because I did not want to gather with people. I wanted to be... That's super valid. Like, depressed in bed and not shower for a couple days. Yeah. And so I was like... Do it. I don't want to commit to having showered enough to have my camera on to do a reading, so I'm going to I'm glad that you trust me enough to just say no to me. That's, like, a really good thing. especially when I'm like I don't know what I'm doing do you want to do a thing do you want to do who wants to help I don't know it's like throwing noodles at a wall at this point (laughs) but no for real my impulse was to be like my impulse was to say yes and then I thought about it and I was like no I don't want to and I trust her so I'm gonna say no yeah good (laughs) so yeah and yeah it all worked we did it Mm -hmm. I think so I this is going to sound unrelated for a second but it's not (laughs) all is connected (laughs) the the story of the podcast Mm -hmm. um so I a lot of the like unpaid work that I do Mm -hmm. is around economic justice Mm -hmm. and like prison and police abolition yeah. And a lot of that work That's really talks important about, now. I mean it was before, but it is it's like Yeah. It didn't get less important yeah. in the last three days. Let's That's say true. That. That's true. A lot of that work focuses on, on shifting power to local communities. So mm-hmm. like communities having more control over their own economies, yep. um, especially like that kind of thing. Like most of the conventional wisdom of like having a quote-unquote better economy if it's, like, things that leftists think is better, like, sustainable <laughs> in the environment and yeah. not exploita- exploitative and, right. like, retaining personal, like, agency and yeah. fair resource sharing and allocation, all of that. And so a lot of that also includes, like, because if when you're talking about the economy, you're talking about everything. Like you're talking mm-hmm. about your political reality. You're talking about the way your society is organized. Like you can't look at them in a vacuum. And so a lot of that has to do with like local governance in general, like mm-hmm. local decision-making rather than, you know, people outside of communities making global decisions. Right. And like, they're not specific enough to be helpful. Right. So I understand that. Yeah. But I think it's extremely like, Amidst that, I think it's really important to remember 
that leaving it up to individual communities also dicey (laughs) universally has the potential to sacrifice life giving protections that we currently guarantee nationally. Like the Supreme court did not say anything about abortion except that local communities can decide (laughs) meaning states. So not like, you know, individual towns, but like leave it up to the states is not, I mean, it's, well, it's, sort of a, it's sort of a false equivalency. Yeah. But like when people talk about the absent, like abolishing the state, like I'm still, this is why I'm still sort of in a questioning place around my yeah. like political affiliations. Yeah. Because I, that's my hesitation is finding a way to make sure that people's like that these kinds of rights are protected yeah well i think there's Um, a difference between like overarching big picture stuff and also like how do we implement implement that specifically in a specific place Um, which is sort of the marrying of the two because i don't think like one without the other in either direction is a bad thing, right? Like if everything is so hyper local that no one's accountable outside their bubble, that's a problem. Um, But also if it's so not grassroots that nothing is specific, it's like, well then like neither of those things fit. Yeah. So it's, it maybe I have, it may be that my interpretation of, um, some of the people I organize with beliefs about how organization is off. Um, mm. But I'm having trouble reconciling yeah. some of that, but that's, that's not okay. something I'm trying to answer today. Yeah. It just is like, it's kind of scary. <laughs> like, yeah. To think about, not having any recourse outside yeah. of your local, like hyper local community. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So this is uh, also like both bafflingly and then like, of course, because any community is sort of a microcosm of a larger community. This is the fight that was happening at GA last week. Um, mm-hmm. And it was, it was essentially this like, you know, there was like the state's rights people um who are really about so okay so backstory i think it was two years ago maybe three years ago um ga was in spokane washington which incidentally is apparently the headquarters of the kkk um so that gives us some indication of the you know waters that exist there Mm. um and a uu minister wrote a document i have not read it i do not intend to read it um that he called the gadfly papers um and then he self-published it and had his congregants pass it out at ga without telling them what it said um yeah super unethical he got 
like he's not a fellowshiped UU minister. Like he has no standing with the UUA. Um, and because of all of this, um, and the documents were were sort of in this vein of, like, this is super simplified, but like anti racism work is like limiting towards freedom of speech, right? It was okay. using freedom of speech as like <laughs> the cover for not like the cover for white supremacy, frankly, right? Like, okay. yeah, yep, yep. Um, so that's a thing that happened. Um, and now there's sort of a following of people who are of this opinion and, um, oh, it makes me so angry. It's like hard to talk about it (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's like this thing that's happening in this country is also happening within our denomination. And it is also like a disproportionately small group of people who are being so, um, like stealthily organized and so this year ga was in portland oregon which is near ish to spokane washington right like it's on the same coast it's in the Mm -hmm. northwest um so there was this really organized group of people and they were two so the really important thing that was happening at ga was that the ua board members were getting elected um there were two people who went through this like process outside of the UUA's vetting process um, to get themselves written onto the ballot. Um, And this, they were so organized that it was to the extent that they emailed our congregation individually to ask us to publicize their campaigns Um, with Mm. no, like, they were smart about it, right? Because it wasn't like they were being super obvious about who they were. It was like you had to dig enough to then actually read their statements or actually look at their candidate websites. Um, but the fact that we got like an individual email from these people was baffling to me. Mm. Um, we obviously did not help them campaign. Um, but they were, you know, on the side of um, the UUA is too powerful. The UUA is taking away our democratic processes. Um they're limiting free speech, which again, like part of what they were upset ab- are, are upset about is that um, the UUA has been doing a lot more work to try to reel in misconducting ministers um, because there was a long time where like the process for what happens if ministers engage in clergy misconduct, like it, it was very hard to know what to do. Um, yeah. And so the UUA is getting a lot more on their game which i think is a phenomenal thing (laughs) like please we should not have free reign as people with this much power um and there's some people who've been sort like put on trial with the uh, ministerial fellowship committee for like doing bad things right like they should be um and they're like up to lose their sort of ministerial licenses. And this group of people is saying that that is the UUA limiting people's freedoms, Mm. which is very twisted. Um, Right. Because it's like, and freedom of speech when it's like, no, because you were like practically engaging in slandering colleagues on public forums. Like you can't do that. That's not, that's fully out of line with our ethics requirements. 
Um, so they were on the ballot and for like all of the initiatives, like there was a vote um, that was actually not, my understanding is the UUA board does not actually need the vote of the denomination, but they asked for it anyways um, to do an overhaul of our bylaws. And so they were doing it for like buy-in and transparency um, because, you know, bylaws need to get updated like every couple decades maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, And this group of people, and it was the same people who spoke against like every resolution about how it's limiting freedom and it's against democracy and all all these things and how the UUA is too powerful, um, which really means we don't want to be accountable to a body that's bigger than our own congregations where our own opinions reign supreme. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was maddening. Um, mm. And they spoke so frequently and so loudly and they were so prepared and they got like 5% of the vote. And so mm. the, 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 just the like disproportionateness of the amount of time and energy and bandwidth they took up and how yeah. many people they actually were was like astronomical. Um, because they had also made a very, very concerted effort to get out the vote, right, um, for their candidates and for their issues. Um, so it was it was a wild ride because it felt like even within our own, like, supposedly very liberal denomination, which is normally very liberal, um, there were still these same, like, sort of talking head narratives um, that totally mirror what's going on in the country at large. So that was wild. Um, they did not win at by any, like they, I think one of them got like 4% of the votes and one of them got like 8% or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank goodness, but it was, it was wild. The other big thing that's happening, um, which is really fascinating and is, this was sort of just the start of it is the principles and the sources are getting overhauled because it's it is also written in into our um constitution I, I might be getting the like technical words wrong um but of the uua of our denomination that we revisit those um every few years and so we're actually as a denomination have started this process of looking at the principles looking at the sources and starting to think about what really do we want these to be and what do we what do we really want them to say um and that's not a finished process this was like introducing the process this year um so that's going to be really interesting over the next um two years to see how that goes but like one of the things that they were talking about was with the sources it's a list of six right um Mm -hmm. And one of the speakers was talking about how a list is a really problematic way of, of like talking about the sort of multiplicity of wisdom traditions, because if you list them out, there's always going to be something missing, right? If you get that specific. Um, and so instead they're working on language that is not a list that is more like a statement about plurality, um, which I thought was a really fascinating, like, the intention is the same. So let's look at how we can truly fulfill the intention without the hangups of sort of the way these were originally written. Um, mm. So I think, I think that's going to be a really 
interesting and powerful process. Um, and similarly, because like in the last few years, there's been this movement to add an eighth principle, um, which is about dismantling white supremacy. Um, and I'm not going to try and quote it because I won't get it right um, because it's long and like very specifically worded. Um, we can, they have a website that we can link to in the show notes. Um, but so there's been this movement to add an eighth principle and it's caused these conversations about like, well, shouldn't the first principle cover that? Shouldn't like affirming the inherent worth and dignity of all people like cover, you know, anti-racism work? Um, and so, which is a really like both are really valid because the existence of the eighth principle says like, okay, but we haven't gotten there with the first one. So like, let's be more clear about what we mean. Um, and so instead of just adding more, um, this process is going to sort of like wholly retool the whole thing, um, hmm. which is really cool and fascinating. So yeah. Yeah. I pulled stuff. it up actually to give, do you want us to, to read give, it out? Yeah. I actually was going to read, all of them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Cause well, what yeah, a good but I'll idea. Start, yeah. So just to <laughs> give context, like actually read the mm-hmm. uh, seven principles and six sources and then this proposed eighth principle. So I'm going to start with this proposed eighth principle mm-hmm. and I'm reading from eighth principle, uu.org. We, the member congregations of the Unitarian Universalist Association covenant to affirm and promote journeying towards spiritual wholeness by working to build a diverse, multicultural, beloved community by our actions that accountably dismantle racism and other oppressions in ourselves and our institutions. Um, And so people are, some people are pushing back to say the first principle. It's not really pushing back. It's sort of like, huh, we have a problem here. Because we mm. thought that was already included, but now you're saying it is like what? Yeah. Right? It's more like a sort of an accountability check. Um, yeah. That points to like, oh, we should talk about what these all mean again. Um, and so some congregations have individually as congregations adopted the eighth principle. So there's been this move to say like, we need to look at this whole thing again. Um, yeah. And so I'm I'm honestly really excited that the UA is doing that because they just sort of like piecemeal like some of us are going to tack on an extra one to me is like that's good and you can do that and it the need to do that tells me that there's a bigger problem that we should be addressing that instead of just like making piecemeal amendments to this. Um, yeah. So. And like the even the way that like I just explained talking about the sources and talking like not making it a list, I was like, oh, I I never thought of that, and that like that makes absolute sense because when you start listing them, because I've also gotten these questions where people are like, so I'm supposed to ascribe to all of these things, which is not what the that's not what they're going for with the six sources right right? it does not mean that you personally need to ascribe to every religious tradition in the world (laughs) like no um are you sure otherwise it's not fair (laughs) i know (laughs) and we're not being inclusive yeah yeah no people get to be specific being specific is not exclusionary oh do you want to read the seven 
Yeah. And so the language is all like the we the the member congregations of the Unitarian Universalist Association covenant to affirm and promote. The header gets left out, but is actually really important because it's what yeah. what it's saying is not this is a list of beliefs. This is a list of agreements of how we're agreeing to be in community and we're going to live um honoring and affirming these things in our actions. So that's a really important part that just like gets left off. So yeah, number one. <laughs> number one is the inherent <laughs> worth and dignity of every person. Mm-hmm. Amen. Number two, <laughs> number two, justice, equity, and compassion in human relations. Mm-hmm. Three, acceptance of one another and encouragement to spiritual growth in our congregations. Mm-hmm. Number four, a free and responsible search for truth and meaning. Number five, the right of conscience and the use of democratic process within our congregations and in society at large. Number six, the goal of world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all. And number seven, respect for the interdependent web of all existence of which we are a part. Yep. Yeah, I like. I think I the fact that one and two together, like the inherent worth and dignity and then justice, equity, and compassion, and human right. relations, like I think – the fact that those two are not because like my first instinct would be to look at those and say that they don't necessarily, they're not necessarily sufficient, but I think they speak yeah. to uprooting oppressive systems. Right. Well, cause that's where I'm like, I'm not sure how you're living out those parts of the covenant without confronting oppression. Like I know that we do, but that's like moral dissonance. Like that's. And so that's where the eighth principle yeah. to me is really helpful as like a check, because what it's saying, it's like a covenant check and saying like, hold up, you said all these things and you're not doing it. So like, let's get yeah. more specific here about what we really mean about that. Um, I wonder if to... this word. Go ahead. Sorry. Finish. That was the end of my thought. Okay. <laughs> I yes. think. Potentially part of the difference here, they have a word in the eighth principle that's doing a lot of work, which is accountably. Yes. So accountably dismantle racism and other oppressions in ourselves and our institutions. I wonder if that speaks to a little bit of what's missing. Um, Well, and I think that is this question of this is not a list of beliefs. This is a covenant. Right. And a covenant, a covenant is fundamentally about accountability. But right. if that's gotten so lost in religious language, it's like, okay, so then we need to be more clear about our words. And so let's just rewrite this whole thing. So we all know what we're yeah, talking about. The principles are about affirming and promoting. So right. it's not just like we agree this. It's like, no, those we are actions. Live this. This has to yes. describe our actions. Yes, and I so think maybe that, that's like, part that, that has means been accountability, right? And I, I think you're right. Those don't get like that doesn't get said when you yeah. look at the principles. No, right, right, because people look at them as beliefs. That's like I love everyone, which is like okay, that is <laughs> that's not it's too what flimsy. we mean here. It's very yeah. flimsy and very like you know, ugh, toxic positivity, like, just love everyone, right? Like, Elmo voice. Like, okay, mm-hmm. no. Right? No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Yes, but, like, that's 
there has to be teeth to that. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think that's... And I so think to be continued with this whole process. This makes sense to me. This feels consistent with a lot of change that's happening, that I see happening within UUism. Yeah. Which is, you've talked about this a lot, moving more towards like a, a foundation that's based in what we do believe yes. that is yeah. stronger. Affirmative. <laughs> yeah. Affirmative instead of like fo- a focus on what we don't believe. Right. And also making sure that we understand the actual repercussions of those, of that, yeah. those foundational right. things. Right. Like they're not just like, let's just be nice and not, no. you know, let's just have compassion. Like no. the actual, like, it's a fundamental, like, very profound theological statement. Yes. To say that, like, worth and dignity are inherent. Right. Like, that leads me yeah. to prison abolition. Like, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, like, what does this then call you to do? Yeah. Because if you're going to live that, you are going to have to change something. Right? Like, yeah. this is about world building. It's not about, like, me and my, like you know, internal happy feelings. That is not, that's not how this works. Um, yeah. So which I is think- where like a, being a covenantal tradition, because we're not creedal, right? We are not mm-hmm. gathered around a narrative about God. We are gathered around a commitment about how to live and how to be in relationship and be in community. And those are like, those are born out of, um, certain theological beliefs, right? Like, y- y- it would be hard to do that if you didn't think that, you know, no one was damned, right? Like, there are certain yeah. this, this sort of building blocks that we get from the early Unitarians and the early Universalists. Um, but, yeah, this is this is no praying quietly at home tradition. Like, that doesn't work. Yeah. Right? But, and that's where yeah. people, like, like, I get this question from new people about how you convert. And the answer is that you don't. You just do it. Right? There's, <laughs> like, you're either being a UU or you're not being one. There's not a, there's not, like, a, you've been, you've been eternally marked as one of us. <laughs> like, like, like either, yeah. Right? You either show up and participate or you're not showing up and participating. And maybe that has taken hold of, of your that, identity and maybe it hasn't. Yeah. Like, that's not for me to say. That's for you to figure out. Well, I think part of what they're asking with that, to be fair, is like, yeah. <laughs> how do I enter this community? Yes. And <laughs> I think, yes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, you're right. That sounded a little too like. It's not a theological question. Up. It's a social question. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, I right. think. You're right. But the answer, the answer is a theological question, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. the answer is the same for them as it is for anybody else, right? Yeah. This is about showing up. It's not. There's no, there's no belonging without being present. And everyone is welcome to do that, right? There, there's yeah. no gatekeeping either, right? Like, if you want to come and show up and, like, agree to be in covenant with everyone, come do that. I'm not going to tell you not to be here. Um, like, when people are out of covenant, we talk about it. And we talk about what it means to be in community. Um but there's no threshold for like belief or creed or baptism or like that we don't do that. 
that's not yeah. who we are as a tradition um which is actually a very specific thing a lot of people have this like you you is so wishy-washy and it's like the fact that we're explicitly theologically pluralistic and surrounded around a covenant is like actually super specific mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's like a rainbow is a thing it's not a particular color because it's its own thing so and it's i think that affirmation is getting stronger yeah because i think so too we need it too yeah for sure cynicism i'm so both so tired and like riled up cynicism Mm -hmm. is not gonna get us anywhere like and it's so dangerous like one of my friends was posting on instagram about like sort of liberal people going after each other right now about not being liberal enough and like going after more liberal candidates and it's like okay that's not gonna help like we this these other groups of people are so organized and so like in step with each other and if we're doing all this like debating about which thing is most important in a way that's so granular it makes us incapable of of forming a movement that says like we don't have to agree perfectly and we're still going to work together because we're still trying to serve the same overarching goals um so go team yeah (laughs) it's funny because in a lot of the organizing circles i have been exposed to liberal is actually a dirty word oh um, because it gets it gets kind of lumped in with like neoliberal yeah um and so like liberalism is kind of seen as too close to the status quo i guess interesting Um, yeah and i mean that makes not (laughs) yeah i mean it is like yeah no one like the democratic party is not fundamentally challenging anything about the way our society yeah. is really set up um and so only. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so there's like it's it's really an acknowledgement of that like yeah there's not like the democratic party is not anti-capitalist let's say yeah no, no. um and so that's like a lot of where that um is coming from so it's still yeah liberalism is like too concerned with um still maintaining a lot of the status quo especially as far as the economic system is concerned um in addition to like prioritizing compromise in a way that's not um authentic but is more about like surface level peacekeeping yeah 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 um like appeasement and um you know not wanting to actually like confront fundamental issues with any teeth or accountability um anyway so yeah so fun so anyway, <laughs> just as a little bit of an aside. No, this is good. Um, and this is where, like, I try to I try to use the, the language world building. Um, yeah. Both because it sounds, like, fun <laughs> and positive. Mm-hmm. It's and like we're because, playing The Sims. Yeah. Right? Like, what world do you want to live in? Because I think that, to me, it's a phrase that 
removes the like let's let's just try and fix all the cracks in right it's not home repair it's yeah. world building <laughs> it's yeah. not yeah. right like it's not mm-hmm. paint over the black mold it's what what's your vision for the way things could be if everything yeah. was different so <laughs> so where are we yeah. in the podcast wandering <laughs> oh who knows do you want to look at the sources too just oh yeah yeah, yeah read them Okay, they're longer, so I'm going to maybe abridge them. Yeah, cool. Um, See, this is a good exercise, and, like, they're not that helpful because they're so long you can't read them out loud. They're really, they're really long. Yeah, let's do – that's – yeah, footnotes. Okay, but I'm going to – this is an interesting – so I'm on – this is from UUA.org, and their yep. intro to it is what I am going to read. Okay, yeah. Unitarian Universalist congregations affirm and promote seven principles, which we hold as strong values and moral guides. So they're framing them as values here, not agreements. But anyway, but values are not beliefs. Yeah, that's true. Right. So we're yeah, but but already we like we're in muddy waters already. We should probably get clearer. Um, we live out these principles within a quote unquote living tradition of mm-hmm. wisdom and spirituality drawn from sources as diverse as science, poetry, scripture, and personal experience. Mm-hmm. These are the six sources our congregations affirm and promote. So affirm and promote language is being used again for the mm-hmm. sources, not just the principles. Which is also confusing because like, yeah, all of our congregations don't like like Christianity is on there and there are definitely some Christian UU congregations and there are some that are like just not Christian. So they're not really affirming and promoting Christianity. It's like, right. That's vague and confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So this could use a little bit of clarifying. Yep. Um, But the first is direct experience of that transcending Mm -hmm. mystery and wonder affirmed in all cultures, which moves us to a renewal of the spirit and an openness to the forces which create and uphold life, which I would abridge to direct experience. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's basically saying that's from like Whitman, right? Like transcendence. Oh, yeah. That's like a very transcendental yeah. early Unitarian. Like the Bible is yeah. not the only place you can experience wonder and transcendence. And you don't have to. Like, clergy people are not the only people who can interpret the world and experience yeah. transcendence. That's that's very much coming from the early Unitarians and the Transcendentalists. Yes. Uh, the second one is words and deeds of prophetic people who challenge us to confront powers and structures of evil with justice, compassion, and the transforming power of love. Great. So, each other. Yeah. People um, who lead with love. <laughs> yes. Uh, wisdom from the world's religions, which inspire which, us. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's just, okay. <laughs> wisdom from the world's religions, which inspires yeah. us in our ethical and spiritual life. And then separately, mm-hmm. Jewish and Christian teachings, mm-hmm. which call us to respond to God's love by loving our neighbors as ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, separately, humanist teachings, which counsel us to heed the guidance of reason and the results of science and warn us against idolatries of the mind and spirit. And then finally, spiritual teachings of earth-centered traditions, which celebrate the sacred circle of life and instruct us to live in harmony with the rhythms of nature. Mm -hmm. So there are 
three different sources that are about specifically like religion and spiritual mm-hmm. traditions. Yeah. So like one of them is religion. All of them. Another one is like specific Jewish and Christian religion. Yeah. And then it's another one is earth something that's a Christian teaching. <laughs> well, yeah. I guess like the love your neighbor as yourself. Um, that's like, that's the greatest commandment, right? From Jesus in the, in the Bible. Um, also in keeping with Jewish law, right? <laughs> Those things are yeah. not at odds. So to be honest, yeah, we agree that there's a little room for clarification here. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> well, and they're so yeah. long winded and like, it just, I mean, honestly, I didn't know about the six sources until I went to divinity school because who reads those? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, how do you put that on a poster in an RE classroom? <laughs> oh, because like, <laughs> like, I mean, I couldn't list the seven principles no, for memory, same. to be honest. Same. But I definitely couldn't list the six sources. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's like, that's like a really funny thing about being a UU minister, because I'm like, uh-huh. of all people, I should have this memorized. But then I'm like, is that the third one or the fourth one? And then there's like the <laughs> democracy one. And then there's like the relationship one, but also... And so it's like, these are also kind of redundant in a way that's kind of vague mm-hmm. and unclear. Yeah. And a lot anyway. of people talk about being like first and seventh principle you use because <laughs> those ones are in some ways like really clear about the, and they're more theological. Um, yeah. So anyways, yeah. So it's all going to get redrafted because we're a living tradition. Good news. And that means that means like that means two things to me being a living tradition. Mm-hmm. One of them is the same as saying this is a living document as in yeah. it can it's going to change with us yeah. because it's made by humans and yeah. will continue to be crafted right. by humans. Um, and the other interpretation being like, we like our religion is about action. And yeah. so like the right. tradition is about how you live. Right. So you like live the principles. Yeah. Amen. I agree with you. Good job. <laughs> Sweet. Thank you. Do I pass? Can I be a minister You pass. Now? You get a gold star. And you, you podcasting today. Aw. I needed that. <laughs> we all need I know a little pick real. me up. <laughs> I yeah. know that's not a real thing, but I needed you know, it. Thank you. Words of affirmation, man. <laughs> we all need it. Oh, tell me about it. Yeah. I love them. I know. Everyone's doing a good job. <laughs> Well, no, I need to know I'm doing a good job. Yes, you are part of everyone. <laughs> I was talking to people listening, Amanda. <laughs> Listen, let's be, we can be specific. Oh, it's allowed. You, Amanda, are doing a good job. <laughs> thank you, Laurel. So are you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, man. Mm-hmm. Should we talk about celebrating blessings to just like really try and pick ourselves up here at the end? <laughs> Um, oh my gosh, yes, but... <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here we I'm are. looking at the the bullet point notes that I took about oh, it. Oh, Because yeah. it feels like it was three years ago. What did we talk if, about? 
I'm just saying if what you want is to transition into like the light fluffy part of the podcast, <laughs> this is not the room. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well you're the master of transitions. I'm just along for the ride. <laughs> what do you Oh my god. Do? Okay, basically my main <laughs> the main thing I wanted to talk about under celebrating blessings is determinism. Um oh, what do you which mean? is some some nice light like you know uh existential philosophy oh my gosh so we have the brain power for that after the last three days listen we don't we try i'm not gonna stop thinking about it until we discuss it amazing let's do it we can do it now or later (laughs) (laughs) okay tell us all what you mean (laughs) recapping yeah a little bit like that sermon talked about um sort of like a domino effect like yeah not redemptive suffering for sure not putting power in the bad thing but saying like you know if you hadn't if all of these things hadn't happened we wouldn't be where we are today basically um emphasizing cause and effect i would say well i don't know if i'd say if these things hadn't happened we wouldn't be here today because it's like these things happened and we are here today so we can only affirm that other than that we do not know Maybe we would have ended up here anyways. <laughs> like, Okay. Well, so that's semantics, does that help you I guess. It does well, help. maybe. Because, I mean, the can... So tell me. Yeah, not Candide just also hairs, has but like that a lot is of... what Candide says. So I will like, say, in fairness, You wouldn't I did be not... here eating pistachios. Yes, totally. Totally. Not um, all readings are perfect. no they're not perfect but it got me thinking about (laughs) determinism um which is i think the existential belief system and philosophy whatever Mm -hmm. that is the most threatening to the concept of personal agency and free will oh yeah and personal power yeah um so determinism meaning not that like not necessarily that God has predetermined everything, which is That's a that's a particularly like theological read. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, people do believe but, that. But, but this, this is, is more you're talking a, more about like every cause determines an effect and so like all the effects are sort of predetermined by the causes, maybe. Right. There's yeah. no other way. Like you could. I mean, have you met? There's no other way. Because we're real wily. <laughs> like, but like, <laughs> so here's the thing. Yeah, tell me. <laughs> I am not a determinist. Yeah, I'm not either. But this is like bringing me to part of like the role of ministry also yeah like first of all i don't believe it because it makes me feel icky and it's not helpful to believe it <laughs> it doesn't well, but, like... but makes me feel icky is like that's a really good indicator so in my coming of age class we talked about that feeling and how it's really important to listen to when you get that icky feeling Um, because it normally is an indicator that like something is out of line with your like morals and values and something is off. And so 
when especially when people are like starting trying to articulate in an affirmative way the things that they believe noticing the like oh ew that can help you like rule out things and start to like the negative reaction points to you also conversely to like something affirmative um so i would think for you the icky is like but people have agency right yeah but it's right exactly but I come back to, um, like, <laughs> I still can't quite shake the concept of truth as, like, whatever is the most logically sound. Like, if I can't, like, logically, like, is determinism logically unsound? Not, like, I can't logically I don't think I could define it well it. enough to even, like, parse that out. So the way I would define it is that, like, I think, like, the most concise way is that, like, everything that happens is an effect. And it's the only possible effect of the sum of causes that come before it. So I would remove the only possible effect. Because that's where, like, like, anything can have a wild range of effects. And I think, I think that that kind of... It, that's like that is totally like Rube Goldberg machine like this ball hits this thing and then a hammer moves and then it hits that thing like it's so sort of two-dimensional um and the reality is yeah. that like human life and life beyond humans is so wildly multifaceted and like we're tied to history and place and like each other and like so many things that there are so many causes combining that and then like mix them up with human agency but like all of the humans everywhere's agency and then you get more effects it's like to me it's so it's like trying to organize glitter (laughs) like it's just like this is so not not necessarily that we can know what all the causes are or recreate them or anything Mm -hmm. but like basically the idea is if time and existence started off in exactly the same way mm-hmm. as it did for the development, like for our timeline yeah, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Like however far back you go, if you go to however far back and start from exactly that same place, everything will happen again the same way. Like if I a hundred times placed someone in a particular room, they would react the same way every single time. I think that um, that doesn't account for chaos and error. Yeah, that's the one. Okay, so that is... Which we like, know are real. Like Yes, that is the one thing that actually works to make me think determinism is wrong, is like quantum yeah. physics. It's yes. like the only thing that actually helps, Yeah, to be honest. No. Which is so um, fascinating because people think often <laughs> think about chaos as a scary thing. Um, oh no 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 right it's the no, only but thing it's that like, makes you relax like, create <laughs> this is amazing <laughs> i did not know that about you it's the only thing that helps me actually preserve my belief in human agency yeah 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 <laughs> yeah yeah yes yeah chaos like no i mean right like that's where like genetic errors and like d- like yeah. name insert any kind of chaos you can't. Yeah. 
things are not that static, which I would also call chaos creativity, right? Because chaos can sound negative. Yeah. But like there's this sort of creative force that's just making stuff. Yeah. Like things just, you know, happen. Yeah. I'm really proud of myself that I found the one thing that would make you feel better. (laughs) For real. It is, though. You're right. I did not know that. (laughs) Go team. (laughs) We're getting there together. But, like, it's totally true. I'm so, like, but because, again, like, chaos theory feels like something that is more validly true than the fact that I think determinism sounds icky, right? So, like, Mm -hmm. I still place that supremacy of science over my personal experience, which is related to the way I grew up anyway. Like, I think that's not necessarily a bad thing, but... um. It's a thing it, to notice, right? It's a thing to notice. Yeah. But I will definitely say... We all have say, things. Yeah. I think potentially determinism is part of my... Is like my biggest existential fear. Because it gets... Because you have no power then. Yeah. It's like an undermining of personal power and agency. And I think maybe that's my biggest fear in the world. Yeah. Um... And so part of that is why, like, I remember anecdotes that support determinism. Really? (laughs) Um, Really, really. I hang on to them for years. Oh, interesting. Yeah. um, As evidence. As evidence that I need to reconcile because they're like a grain of sand in this, like, nice pretty idea I have about agency yeah and they usually boil down to human decision making being influenced by things that we don't recognize are being are influencing them such as like blood sugar (laughs) like we talked about this like the (laughs) scariest yeah 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 Yeah. like I know I've talked about this on the podcast because that's all I can friggin think about any second of any day that like (laughs) Decisions about, like, whether people are released on parole are, like, the strongest predicting factor is how recently the parole board has eaten. And, like, (gasps) yeah. Like, that's a stronger predictor than, like, race, anything else. Like, holding other, yeah, like. Hangry parole officers? Yeah. Um, Why do they not get free unlimited snacks, then? In the name of society. How about we just abolish? How about we stop like locking people up in cages? Yeah, that's a better solution. <laughs> um, but in the meantime, like, yeah, maybe. Like, in I the meantime, like maybe we hand out gogurts. Like, yeah, yeah. great. Um, Multifaceted <laughs> approach, your guys. <laughs> um, but the other one, and funnily enough, I'm pretty sure both of these anecdotes come from the podcast Radio Lab. So maybe I should just stop listening. To I Radio love Lab. Radio Lab. But in the one about loops, which I believe is called loops, um, there, oh my God, it's the freakiest thing. There's this woman who has a a temporary condition where her short-term memory resets every like 30 seconds. Wow. So like every 30 seconds, this conversation starts over. Yeah. Yeah. And she says the same thing every time. time. 
it's the same conversation over and over. And like, I, I'm getting the creepy crawlies thinking about it. Yeah. Because it's just like, you put this woman in the situation outside of context. Yeah. She's in a hospital room. Her daughter's there. Yeah. The first, like, every, the, she, she asks the same things in the same order. And it's like, you know, what day is it? Is one of them. And they say, she's like, oh, I missed my birthday. She says like, oh, I missed my birthday. Every time. It's so freaky. And so like, this, this is my like, Twilight Zone. Like, this is what keeps me up at night. And it's like, oh, but humans don't actually have personal agency. That sucks. Um, Or people really want to know who and where they are. Yeah. Because that's my reaction to that is more like this is a person trying to remember themselves and sort of knowing that they can't. And they're still trying to remember themselves. Yeah. I mean, that's that's another way to frame it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's where, like, we all have different things that will, like, keep us up at night, right? Like, yeah. Like, I... I, if anything, am way more afraid of chaos than determinism, which is funny, right? Like the opposite extreme. Ooh. Isn't that funny? What? (laughs) I said I'd love to convert you if we're talking about (laughs) I mean, the two of us together can stay on track, though, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Just just combine us and it's like we can remain (laughs) level-headed. Well, because I think, well, that means your fear. So my fear is having my agency undermined. Your fear is lack of control. Yeah, so you don't have any agency. Your agency doesn't even matter. Right. So like and which sort of still so, gets to the same place. Kind of, but from totally different roots. Like right. your fear is that you can't control what comes next. Right. But my or that fear you can't is even influence that, it. Right. Right. Which well, you can't influence it, but that last step, that last domino you don't control it. Like there's always yeah. something that's beyond the grasp of your control. To me, you just made that, my eye twitch. <laughs> I know that's your biggest fear. Yeah, like because yeah. you're afraid of the chaos. My biggest fear is that my actions aren't mine. Right. Whoa. Like, not that they won't have the results yeah, in the yeah. world. Like my fear is about myself. Your fear yeah. is about the world outside of you. Yeah, I yeah. When I was a kid I was terrified of outer space. Like looking at stars would make me feel panicky. Yeah. <laughs> because of this I like it. it never ends. I was like And Holy that like F. Yeah. <laughs> so I think like we can we can come to having fear about a similar thing. Like that those two fears yeah. can look the same, but yeah. I think they're fundamentally different because yeah. you fear chaos. And I fear the lack of chaos. (laughs) That's so fascinating. Like chaos is the only thing that can like dislodge my fear of determinism. And so that's where, right, like my response to Friday is I'm going to get everybody organized and we're going to do a service (laughs) and it's going to have a particular order and we're going to show up and we're going to do things in this order. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what I did. And -hmm. you were like, no, I'm out. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, well, the most I will not be compelled in this moment. 
Yeah. Yeah. The most important thing yeah. to me in this moment yeah. is to remind me that I can make my choices. You get to say and no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. choose not to. Yeah. Do this thing that someone else asked me to do. Yeah. Right. Like. Yeah. My most important thing is to affirm that my actions belong to me. I feel like then this, like, you saying no to me feels like a transcendent moment then. It was. It was. Oh, my and God. Like, I'm so happy. Yeah. Like, in You're going to make me cry. I'm, I'm, I swear to God, I have tears in my eyes right now. I'm tearing up. Because, me too. Like, in, this is really emotional to me. Like, in times yeah. of fundamental, like, core shaking, like, fear. Yeah. Like, mine is, like, my response is, okay, I have to remember that I belong to myself. Yeah. <laughs> and your yeah. response is, okay, I have to remember that. I can do something. That I can, yeah. there's something I can do, that I can have some power and influence outside right. of myself in this situation. Right. Right. This is fascinating. That's amazing. I mean, okay, yeah. this is my officially, like, my new personality test is, like, are you more afe- more afraid of chaos or determinism? <laughs> it's really interesting. Huh. I mean, also, because, like, when I'm really stressed out, I organize everything. <laughs> like, no one's yeah. surprised now. <laughs> also, if you've met me, you're probably already not surprised. I mean, there's, I think to a certain extent, like, people fear both of those things like I also yeah. fear not being able to have external control and I'm yeah, sure you but, also fear blocks to your agency but like the primary but not like, even not foundational really, fundamental because I kind fear. of have this like no my agency is non-negotiable like you don't yeah. get to take it away right yeah having a brain injury was hard because that got real confusing in terms of agency yeah. um mm. but no I like I have a lot of trust in myself and I have like you know, sometimes it's touch and go with chaos. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So. And I guess I, I mean, this this waxes and wanes, but I do yeah. generally feel like I'm a powerful person. Like, yeah, I, I feel are. like people listen when I talk and yeah, generally care what I have to say and yeah. respect me. And so I, I still do have some fear about the things that I can't, you know, control, yeah. like yeah. this kind of thing. But it's not the, like, it's not the driving. Right, right. And the driving fear, fear. is, this is a really interesting question. So invitation to all of you listening to sort of think about, because like we've described in our own, how we managed our own emotional response to the Supreme Court decision um, I think that's really important because different people are going to need different things. Yeah. Um, and you won't know how to give yourself the right thing unless you sort of have some understanding of what it is that you need. Um, but do you know what's also really cool is I didn't know that consciously before we talked about this. Yeah. But I still did the thing I needed to do. Even well, though and I that's where like, you know why. yourself better than you think, right? Like do what you yeah. need to do, even if you can't explain why. Like, you yeah. don't need to just, like, you just said no to me. And I was like, okay, cool, whatever. I'm going to carry <laughs> yeah. on my frenetic organizing path. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, well, I wow. feel really emotional. Um, yeah, I feel like we got somewhere. Yeah. Important. Like, I think we were both really honoring our 
Yo. selves with yeah. how we reacted to this, even if yeah. it felt frenetic or withdrawn yeah. and depressing in the moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like ride that wave. Yeah. Because um, it's better to feel it, right? Like you need to feel it to move through it and to, to be honest with yourself. Yeah. Um, and also it speaks to how profoundly this is hitting. Yeah. <laughs> that like for sure. It, it rooted us into the very right. deepest fundamental primary fears motivating fears. fear. Yeah, for sure. <sighs> yeah. Well, I feel more justified in like sleeping in really late the last two days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, no, I'm not awake yet. <laughs> Too much. Okay, this this podcast was not like a light beachy read. <laughs> I don't think that we should be counted on for light beachy reads that we do laugh You're a lot. You're right, Laurel. <laughs> like I mean, I, I'm like, I'm really down for light beachy reads. That's basically all I've been listening to on audiobooks for the last, like, four months. So, like, I'm all for that. And also, that's not what I personally do. Yeah. I need well, that's someone why. else to do that. <laughs> Please and thank a, you yeah, for your service to the world. It's a great service. But yeah. I agree. That's not generally the kind of thing that I no. uh, create. Well, and I think I... that's where, like, theology and meaning making, like, if it's too fluffy... Like, what on earth is it? Mm. Right? If it's not going to get you down to that deepest place and help you root down into who you are and what you need and what you know, then, like, uh... <laughs> Yeah. Well, I also think it's... <laughs> I'm having very big thoughts now that are not in words. Okay. I mean, I think that speaks <laughs> a little bit to, like... This is such an intellectual tradition. I know. <laughs> you which, know what like, I mean? Like, I roll. Like, can I roll my eyes all the way in a circle for that? But if it yeah. wasn't, it wouldn't speak to me. I need it. Like, I need to be able to. But you don't to... need only that. I don't need only that. Yeah. Only that's that the thing. in a vacuum is dangerous. Yes. Yes. Agreed. But Same. I think if that Same. was, if there wasn't room for that right. in these discussions, yeah. I couldn't have them. Because well, I also this is like a known like therapy tool is that like sometimes you go from like the feel like the visceral feeling to understanding what's happening sometimes in order to feel the thing you need to understand it first. And so like if our tradition yeah. leans that way, like, OK, like it's a good thing. There are lots of different types of religions that operate in all kinds of different ways uh, because they're all different kinds of things that people need. So like, yeah choose the one that works for you and yes we definitely have an intellectual leaning which i think is good and if we get stuck there like if all we do is you know like brain yeah activity like that's not gonna get us there um but that's certainly a road in um to something more meaningful so yeah and i know I mean, it's my, it's my road in every time. (laughs) (laughs) Can be counted on. (laughs) I'm glad that it's like a road, but it's not the whole highway system. Yeah. This metaphor is is going to hit its limit very soon. (laughs) We are really not (laughs) 
in public engineering or what i don't even know what the term is for people who make highways <laughs> it's not I'm us, sure it's civil engineering yeah civil engineering we're not civil engineers or like i totally made that up i'm looking up what civil engineering i don't is. know <laughs> who makes roads? <laughs> who makes roads? Oh my gosh! Um, actually, Laurel, it's the government. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, see, this is where having Google. overarching systems is good because we don't want like every single yes. person to have to build their portion of the road. Like that's a bad idea. Right? Um, I totally, I totally called it. Has this come full um, circle? I'll- a large majority of civil engineers are designing roads and highways using civil design software. So actually, it's the machines who are making the roads. No, it's humans but, using machines. Okay. They were made by humans. Don't worry. You still have agency. Well, also, the Google made a sentient AI this week. So that's cute. Well, that's weird. <laughs> we can talk about it in the fall when it's taken us over. Yeah. Um, I don't like stuff like that. <laughs> no. No, it's uh, deeply unsettling. <laughs> so shall we find a different note to end on? <laughs> um, what are you thankful for right now? Oh my god, uh, what am I? Thankful I'm thankful for that right we now? figured this thing out about ourselves. Yeah, via our relationship with each other. I agree. I'm thankful. That's like that a we really beautiful conversation. thing. Yeah. yeah. And, like, that's the point of community, right? Like, you can know yourself better being known and knowing other people in relationship and and figure out so much more and get your needs met and, like, basically come to church, everyone. (laughs) But the funny thing is, until September because we're we're academics, (laughs) but, you know. Yeah. Anyway, everyone get, stretch your church going muscles. Yeah. But I think, everybody rest. And then we're gonna church real hard next year. But and any, by church, any, I mean be in community. Yeah, just talk to each other. Yeah, show up. We're just gonna keep showing up because we can do that. Okay. Peace out. Peace out. Until Have next a good time. Summer. Yeah, <laughs> go swimming. You know, eat some ice cream. Have Ooh, some fun nice. and rest to everyone because we're all exhausted. Like I can say, I'm exhausted. Also, this yeah. whole podcast, my dog has been asleep on my lap, and I'm pretty sure my leg is covered in drool. Oh, my God. <laughs> he was so good, though. He didn't bark once. I know. I think he might have a stomach ache. He's Aww. been real sleepy. And I won't explain anything else about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to listen back. <laughs> That's fine. I'm not pushing you. I'm not asking questions. Yeah, we don't need to know. I am going yeah. to listen back to the track and see if i can find any audio of him snoring and amplify it he snores quietly well that's not very accommodating i know (laughs) i know can you get any audio of it now is he snoring now you know i mean i can't hear it i can't hear it either that's okay i'll find a video for you okay good (laughs) okay great everybody we can can splice in some doggy snoozing sounds (laughs) that would be really amazing just some gentle or like my favorite is like infants snoring oh my gosh yeah oh my god my heart rate and like my blood pressure drops like yeah that's because people oh my god um what am i saying our nervous systems co-regulate that's why if you're around someone calm 
they will calm you down and why if you're around someone who's like really hyped up you're gonna start to feel it even if you're not verbally communicating yep so go walk around some trees let them okay yeah (laughs) ground you go take a shower what's it called uh a, a forest bath oh a forest yeah forest bathing forest i was bathing. like a shower is called a shower you got that one right <laughs> <laughs> we're just all real tired at this point yeah yep yeah anyway Go take forest care of hygiene nature hygiene everybody great we're really just um, tail spinning here at the end <laughs> okay the end bye okay talk to you in <laughs> september okay, okay bye bye Thanks for listening. For more information about what's happening at UUCSW or for ways to get involved, visit us online at uucsw.org. All are welcome.